0: Welcome to it. As if things couldn't get any more out of control, here we are
1: into the first month almost, almost. How are you doing today, Bruce? Healthy, alive. Yeah, doing well. I've uh, been enjoying sitting down and, and reading those wonderful, wonderful executive orders here lately. It's been great, hasn't it? It's been great. I, I like the I like the
0: latest one, that right there when you just said you've been enjoying... I, I almost thought for half a second in my brain that you were going to say that you were enjoying a nice carton of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the latest one apparently is he signed an executive order to ban the term China virus. I thought that was ridiculous. The latest of Biden's, he's up to 37 now, executive orders uh, signed the first week of his presidency, says the term Chinese virus or China virus is now banned. The White House confirmed on their website that Biden signed this executive order. Was it the one where he said, I don't even know
1: what I'm signing. And
0: the the person behind the camera says, just sign it. Was it that one?
1: Uh, That one was, I think that was like
0: day four or five of, of the signings. The one I saw Uh, yesterday was him trying to stuff a pen in the side of his side pocket of his jacket that didn't have a pocket. So he's sitting there like fiddling with it. CBS reported that Biden is going to address racism toward Asian Americans during the pandemic with this executive action. Okay, when you say something is a virus from somewhere, I mean, that's what we name viruses after is the origin, where they come from. Where did this one come from? Came from China, Ooh. or does anybody even remember, remember that at this point? You've been so twisted and, and turned around and confused in all of this. Do you even remember where this virus supposedly comes from? It's a valid. No, question. no. See,
1: Cuomo, Cuomo says it came from Europe. Oh, right, right. And where did it come from in Europe? Well, yeah. Uh huh. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I come up with a different country other
0: than China <laughs> at that point. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you were saying it earlier. And you've said it before. We've talked about this before when they they were going after this crap last year about, oh, why are you calling it the China virus? Because that's where it came from. I mean, that's a pretty good indication. Why do we call it Ebola? Because it comes from an area where there was the Ebola River. Why do we call it German measles? Because it comes from Germany originally. That's not racist against German people. By the way, Germans not a race. You know, China's, as far as I know, China's not a race. You have more than just one part of the world that contains Asiatic people. So it's not all China, although they would have you believe that it is. And when I say they, I'm not talking about the Chinese people, right? I'm talking about the Chinese Communist Party. We have to be specific here, I guess. But anyway, the report notes that the Biden executive order is also expected to direct federal agencies like the Department of Health and Human Services to examine whether there are xenophobic references like China virus in any existing policies, directives or government websites published by the Trump administration.
1: Awful. awful. You know. Speaking of, uh, you know, changing the names and everything, Spain kind of got off. They they kind of got the the raw end of the deal because Spanish flu, that wasn't really the Spanish flu. That was actually the China flu. That's where it originated was China. But it hit Spain so hard and Spain was more well known at that point and as far as the Western world is concerned. So they kind of um, took the brunt of that, if you will. Well, it's like the swine flu. You remember the swine flu back in,
0: in 08, right? Mm-hmm. They were telling everybody all oh, that came from a Mexican pig farm. That's what the media was telling people. That That's what they were telling people. It was terrible. It was terrible. I'm sitting there. I'm watching that. I'm like, are you serious? Are, are you serious? You're actually telling this to people? And it's it's the unsanitary conditions in, uh, in Mexico. That's what they were saying. But no, guess where it came from? The swine flu of 2008, if you remember. H1N1, more commonly known. China. Are we seeing a pattern here? I'm just throwing that out there. Are we are we seeing a pattern here when it comes to, to flu-like things? By the way, I saw this interesting headline earlier today. The World Health Organization inspectors that were sent into China to try and discover the origin of coronavirus, you know what they found? It's, it's fascinating what they found. They found that it was really just something that piggybacked itself on uh, on a normal cold strain, you know, cold virus strain. Changing the language. That's all they're doing. Changing the underlying meanings. Let's, um, and, and I really hate to talk about this, but uh, we talked about what Merck has done, right? Merck, Merck, the pharmaceutical giant. Okay, now think about this. The pharma, the big, ph- it's a big pharma company, right? Merck is. They had an opportunity. We talked about this two days ago. They had an opportunity here to manufacture not one, but two different COVID-19 vaccines. Okay, two of them. But they weren't using the mRNA method. We discussed this and and GP was on with us to talk about this. They were using and employing the traditional method of manufacturing a vaccine and and developing a vaccine, excuse me, development and then manufacturing a vaccine. So what did they do? They tried to cultivate the samples just like anything else. But as they continued on, they figured out, hey, wait a minute, Uh, this is like trying to vaccinate against a cold virus. You can't do that. You can't do that. So they publicly stated, and anybody can go and look this up, they publicly stated, like I said, we covered this two days ago, that it would be more beneficial to you to actually get it and recover from it than it would be to take a vaccine. Now, the reason I say that, why is that so significant? Why is that so important? Here's a big pharma company, right? a a world-renowned big pharma company who could potentially make billions of dollars, billions on getting in on that project and having not one, but two different vaccines, they could get in on that. They could get in on the distribution. They could get in on the money, the uh, all the, you know, the vaccine programs and everything else like Gates and the rest of them have the World Health Organization and the rest of it. They could get in on that and they could be given liability protection so they couldn't be sued, but they didn't do it. Now, if a big pharma company like that is coming out and saying, hey, wait a minute, this is a big joke. This is ridiculous. You shouldn't even be doing this. That says something. That says something. And you know something? Merck stock, in my, I'm not talking about stock prices. Merck stock, from my personal standpoint, just went up a couple of points when they take a stance like that. Just saying. Now, here's something interesting. I, I bring up that point because I, I, I talk, I wanted to talk about this. This was out in, um, and it's it's a it's a very quiet story, but we've seen the effects. And and they've been floating around out there of what these vaccines are actually doing to people, and they're trying to hide it. They're trying to cover it up. They're trying to say, "Oh no, there's there's really not that much of a uh, of an adverse reaction." There was a piece that that was out the other day that said only ten people out of four million that receive a Moderna vaccine actually have any adverse side effects. Well, we know that's nonsense. We know that's nonsense. We've seen more cases than ten out of four million. We've seen more than ten cases. So this is a story out of Germany, and this is um this is quite shocking now. Hank Aaron. Okay. Hank Aaron, a couple of days ago, before we get into that, Hank Aaron, a couple of days ago, passed away. Hank Aaron publicly on television in the United States took a COVID-19 vaccine and was talking about how great it was. That was a couple of weeks ago. Took the second shot because, of course, you need two for whatever the hell reason. Took the second one he was dead in 72 hours. The man looked perfectly fine to me when he got the first one. And you say, okay, that's some kind of conspiracy theory. That's, um, yeah, that's, yeah, well, it wasn't the vaccine that caused it. It was something else. Well, the most common thing that we're seeing out of this is people are dying, not immediately. See, if you die immediately from being administered a vaccine within, I think it's 24 to 48 hours, you have to report that to the vaccine company themselves well that's not happening here what's happening here is it's happening between three days and 14 days later and a lot of people are dying of heart attacks any type of uh, cardiological problems so this is a story out of Germany 13 nursing home residents die after covid after covid19 vaccination on december 31st 40 residents of a nursing home were vaccinated by january 26th so yesterday 13 of them had died and 14 others had tested positive for covid. Well, if they're isolated, then how's that possible? If they were alive and well prior to receiving a vaccine, 40 residents in a nursing home, 13 of them are dead. And now 14 of them have tested positive for COVID. And you're telling me that these things are, are safe and effective? you your mind. These things weren't given approval to start with. They were given emergency authorization. There's a difference. Educate yourself on what those differences are, please. Management and authorities deny a link to the vaccine. Of course they do. The second dose is to be administered tomorrow. So we'll see how many more turn up this time. So a nursing home on Lake Constance, 13 residents died since the beginning of the year in connection with a positive corona finding. On December 31st of 2020, the 40 residents and almost 20 employees of the facility were among the first people in Lake Constance to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. Shortly thereafter, some residents, they don't say how many specifically, and five employees experienced the first symptoms of COVID-19. Currently, 14 residents and one employee are still ill. These people are in quarantine. A spokeswoman for the care provider responsible for the home emphasizes that the vaccination does not in itself cause an infection. Right, right. The first coronavirus vaccine only offers about 50% protection. Now, see, they really hit you with that second one. Yeah. See, what they're doing here is they're setting a precedent to be able to do this out in the open. That's what they're doing. And for you to accept it and say, yeah, we're going to get rid of these people. And how do you like that? That's what they're doing, in my humble opinion, because I know history. The deceased were between the ages of 76 and 90 years old. They suffered from, listen to this cardiological or cancer. So you can say the latter part of that, oh, well, they were immunocompromised, they had cancer. Okay, what about the others? Cardiological or cancer, that's a heart attack. Any type of cardiological problem, that's a heart attack. Seems to be a common thing. The nursing home service assumes that the infection with the coronavirus took place immediately after vaccination. See, it wasn't the vaccine that caused that. No, 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 no. It happened after that. See, when your body was trying to form an immunity to it. Yeah, sure. So apparently the residents are tested three times a week with a PCR test, which we've already gone over how inaccurate those things are till we're blue in the face. Even the World Health Organization had to admit last week, oh yeah, those things give false positives all the time. So, and you notice that countries are now dialing back the Russians, right? Putin has now said, yeah, we... Um our, you know, our, we're going to have to open. Our cases are dropping rapidly, rapidly. You know, in California, uh, you know, they're going to reopen. When Newsom locked everything down out there, do you know what their hospital capacity was for the ICU statewide? It was 2290 something. I think it was like tw- it was almost th- 2300. So when he said that we need to open everything up, do you know what their ICU capacity is right now? It's almost 6,700. So let me get this straight. You had to close everything down because the ICU capacity was surging with nearly 2,300 patients. Now you've got nearly 6,700, but it's okay to open. You're banking on the fact that the average public out there isn't paying attention to your, your garbage numbers that you're cooking up. These people have been cooking the books from day one. On January 3rd, three days after the vaccinations, the first residents showed symptoms that indicated infection with COVID. PCR tests conducted by uh, doctors confirmed the results. They make public statements here. They uh, they go on to say that um, it is not known whether the residents died at or with corona. Vaccination cannot, however, trigger the disease. But they don't say that it can't cause death. As a matter of fact, they make you sign a waiver saying that you'll never sue these people ever. How crazy are you to do that? How insane are you to do that? Vaccination can take place as planned as the number of infections are in sharp decline. All you have to do is dial your PCR test back down to zero and you'll see where it's at. That's all you have to do. Don't put them at 45 like you've been doing. So again, I'm mentioning the fact that one of the big pharma giants in the world has said there's no point in this. There's no point in this. We're not going to to manufacture vaccines that are completely useless. Just get the thing and go on about your life. That's the most simple thing to do. And that's what any person with common sense has been saying from the start of this thing. Go on about your life. But see, governments made a mistake in the beginning. They they made a mistake and they screwed up really bad. But rather than admit fault, what have I always said? Governments don't admit fault. They always double down. They will double down on that belief, whatever it is. You people in government, you think, I mean, maybe you really do believe this stuff, but you think that you're doing good at the same time you're betraying what our nations stand for. How how can you justify that? I I wonder how these people actually get a decent night's sleep. I wonder if they sleep at all. I wouldn't be able to. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier and they said that, um, you know, it would be nice if we had some kind of an exit to this thing. And I said, there's not one. All right. You're not going to get one from these uh, these governments that have betrayed everybody. You're not going to get one because if they had their way about it, they would never end. Nothing of this would ever end. It's not meant to end. That's the point. And you say, "Well, it has to end." Well, why is everything so confusing? Everything's like a a carrot and a stick chasing around a piece of cheese in a maze, like like a mouse. Nothing is meant to be a clear path out. So you're so confused, you're so helpless, you're so gaslit that you don't understand what's happening. You're scared. You're poor. You're sick. You're locked in your house. There's no end to it. But if you take a vaccine then you can get your life back. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now that the vaccine's here, oh, we've got all these mutated strains and we're still going to have to lock down and we're still going to have to social distance. And and if you do come out, you're going to have to have one of these vaccine passports, but it doesn't protect you and you're still going to have to. You see how ridiculous all this is? You see how ridiculous these, these people in governments, these people are clowns. They're clowns. They're complete idiots because they're not leaders. They're followers. They're doing what they're told. You know, I, I listen to these people in uh, Uh, at this World Economic Forum conference they're having right now. How pathetic is all this stuff? How pathetic? We're going to go over some of that today. And let me put it this way. These people have as much, if not more dislikes on their YouTube videos than the current president of the United States. They don't even have a thousand likes on one of their videos. And they've got something like five to 10,000 dislikes on one of their videos. And you think people are going to get on board with that? You think people aren't aware of who you pieces of trash are? you degenerate losers down there you think you're going to get some kind of utopia out of this you're even sicker than uh, than some of these 20th century dictators and that much is is evident by your reaction to all this you know i think and this is just my opinion i'm not going to get too deep on this but bruce and i were talking about this offline i think that there's something deeper here and it's not covid covid's meant to just be on the surface and distract everybody and turn everybody against each other and all that stuff oh yeah it's cute and it's fun for them and everything yeah sure but I think there's something deeper to all this. And, and we've said that from the start. There's something deeper to all this. I mean, th- we know that the elites here in the West have sold us out to China. We know that they're in bed with, uh, with the Chinese Communist Party and, and all that. We've been talking about the digital dark age stuff and how tech's going to turn against everybody. We've been talking about that for years. So this is nothing new. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is I think there's something else that's going on here. And I have my own suspicions. And until I can confirm all that stuff, I'm not really going to speak on it. But it would it would stand to reason that the agendas that we're seeing pushed upon us right now, in my humble opinion, it kind of it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. But I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to play dot connecting and put tinfoil hats on and all that stuff because we only deal in things we can prove around here. And until I have more of that, uh, I'm not going to get too deep into it. But what we're seeing on the surface is what we're meant to see. That's my point. That's what we're meant to see. We're not meant to question anything outside of that. It's always about this perception and, and everything about this that is surrounded by fear and hysteria. That's what we're meant to see. That's what we're meant to react to. Somebody said to me earlier that, well, maybe you put too much, um, you know maybe you overestimate the, uh, the public, the average public. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, the average public out there is clueless and doesn't really have any common sense and doesn't want to be educated on anything. And I said, yeah, you're right. I said, I agree with that. But that doesn't mean that violence is the answer in all of this, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because if you act in a manner that they want you to act, see, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to push the populations to the point where you become violent. Then then they can really step in and throw the hammer down. But that's not what needs to happen here. I've never been one that advocates violence unless you have no other choice, right? And I I look back to the... um, Uh, And I'm I'm thinking of the instance of the fall of the Berlin Wall and what happened there. The population showed up at the Berlin Wall and they showed up and out in front of the, uh, you know, the the town square there in uh, Leipzig. And they said, yeah, we're uh, we're not going to put up with this anymore. Not a shot was fired. Not a single shot. The people showed up in the town. They kept coming. They kept coming. They didn't stop. And they marched into the government buildings, into the building of the Stasi where the secret police was. And the whole time they were saying, be peaceful. Don't be violent the military stood down. The police stood down. There's nothing they could do. They marched through the buildings. They grabbed all the secret files that they had on them and their families and their friends, and they threw them out in the street. And they said, that's enough of this. And it was done peacefully. There was nothing the government or the military could
1: do. What are you going to go out there? You're going to massacre hundreds of thousands of people in front of the world? No, you're not going to do that. I would not put it past them. I don't know if you heard this Pelosi in asking for national Guard. she asked for more national guard to be stationed there, and she was also asking for manned machine guns for oh, those yeah, of you that aren't aware of what manned machine guns are, those are like the fifty calibers that you see on tops of vehicles, like the tops of hummers or tops of tanks or whatever, and you have the guy behind it uh, on, she on a wanted machine gun she wanted She masks. wanted those. She wanted yes. nests on the streets behind the yeah. barricades. Yeah, that is not precision. If there was a riot or something that happens and you were required to use that firearm, it is not a precision weapon. That is a mass casualty weapon. That is is designed to be able to take out large, you know, large groups of people or uh, lightly armored... Zombies, um, Bruce. Be- Hordes of zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hordes of zombies. Yeah, yeah. It, it, great against that. Yeah.
0: But... Yeah. I mean, that, that's not what they were doing, though, And when I'm talking about the instance in uh, uh, in East Germany. But what did that do? That sent a message to the political class. I mean, and that was a horrible, uh, horrible dictatorship those people lived under. But that sent a message to them that that's enough of this. And that wall came down. That wall came down so fast that that it, that it almost made people's heads spin. And so the, the same thing is going to have to happen here. You're going to have to show up. You're going to have to show up in mass. See, this is what I talked about with the Capitol, right? What happened at the U.S. Capitol? It wasn't the people that went inside. OK, forget those idiots, right? Those people, that they, they went inside that building. That shouldn't have happened. They never should have gone in there. A lot of them were agent provocateurs on the right and left. That we know of. And you had good, well-meaning people that followed along, right? Went along with it. That's what they were meant to do. And anybody that went in there, caused property damage and all this and 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 caused all the havoc in there, you should be arrested. You should be charged. Fine. But that's not what scared those people. That's not what scared the party of Davos. What scared them were the people that were outside that didn't go in the Capitol. That's what scared them. Trump put out one tweet, one, and said, if you can be in D.C. in front of the Capitol on January 6th, it would be very helpful because it sends a message of just showing your presence. And that's what they can't stand. They can't stand, and to be honest, they can't stand good people standing up. That's what it is. They don't want people to have hope. They don't want people to have any type of drive. They don't want people to be organized. They don't want people to stand up against them. Do you know what would have been even better, Bruce? And I know you're the you know we get into like theological discussions and things like that. I would have been happy if you would have had a million people standing out there in front of the Capitol that stood there waving Trump and American flags and Gazan and flags and German flags and uh, and Italian flags and Union Jacks and and all the rest of them like they were doing while singing Amazing Grace that would have been powerful. That would have done more damage and made them look worse than what they look now. But anyway, uh, I feel like I'm sitting here preaching.
1: I don't know that it's uh, right to say though, because you're being hopeful and encouraging. And my my opinion on that is they're not, they don't care. They don't care how many people stand out there. They're just going to double down. They don't care. You're talking about the elites
0: and, and governments elites, that are doing yeah. their bidding. they're yeah. Yeah. Well, they're always, always going to double down. The only way they're going to stop doubling down is when you hook them up, you put them in bracelets, and you haul them in before an international criminal court. A legitimate international criminal court for crimes against humanity. That's what the charges are for violation of the Geneva Convention and the Nuremberg Code. That's what you charge them with. And you have every legal right to do so right now, today. Not tomorrow. Today. You don't need to sit here and build fancy cases. You don't have to sit here and, de- and debate all this stuff. You don't have to go through mountains and mountains of litigation. You charge them, you put them on trial and you put them away. Simple. You know, I might sound really angry and maybe it's it's a focused aggression when it comes to that, but I've done many years working with law enforcement and it really gets under my skin when I see criminals out in the open getting away with what they're getting away with. And th- these these people are getting away with crimes that were beyond anything I could possibly imagine or even dealt with all those years ago. And so it's really aggravating. It's really aggravating to see these people do exactly what they're doing. Speaking of a criminal, let's talk about New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. He has said that the, uh, which by the way, he's had the, uh, the second highest death rate in the country, I might add, next to New Jersey, I think it is. Or has California topped them? I, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I, I think they're still top uh, right now. New, York, New Jersey. New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. Both New York and New York. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Governor Cuomo says that an incompetent government kills people. You don't say. You don't say. Incompetent government is what killed most most of the people in the 20th century. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said on MSNBC Thursday evening that incompetent government was responsible for needless deaths through the COVID 19 pandemic, despite his state having a record high pandemic death rate and all those deaths in the nursing homes that he sent in there. I might add. So is he talking about himself? Is he implicating himself here? Finally, is that what he's doing?
1: No, no that that would that would that would mean he's self aware, and I don't think he's self aware. <laughs> I, I think I think who he's talking about here is Trump and the Trump administration. It's a it's a dig at them, and honestly, he's saying what he's guilty of. Right? He's accusing someone else. In my in my opinion, like I said, I don't think he's aware enough, humble enough to implicate himself and say, "Oops." Uh, My bad, you know, they don't admit fault. They always double down. Mm -hmm. Right. They always they're like a degenerate
0: gambler. They just double down, which they're a bunch of low life degenerates anyway. Incompetent government kills people. More people died than needed to die in covid. That's the truth. Needed to die. Maybe I'm overanalyzing that, but it almost sounds like he's saying that some people
1: needed to. Well, I mean, if you wanted to have a transition of power from Trump to Biden, you had to have some people die. There there had to be, honestly, I think that was one of the damning things for the Trump presidency is I do think he handled the pandemic wrong. And it's not that he didn't do enough, like he, as president, he did quite a bit to try to, to, to alleviate the pandemic and, and help that. The problem I have with it, and I think a lot of the American people see this as well, Fauci and Burks. they were going on their tour around the nation saying, you need to shut everything down. And they're the ones that destroyed the nation. But it was under Trump's leadership. He's the one that basically said, Pence, get together and organize a group task force, go out and you know handle this. Well, it's under his leadership. And we shut down the nation, more or less, You know, state, some states more than others on the behest of the, the Trump administration. So I, I think largely that's why he lost this election, other than the potential fraud and everything. But on a populist standpoint, that I, I think that's one of the reasons he lost. Uh,
0: you know, I'd have to agree with that. I, I really would, because I mean, uh, we're sitting here watching everything that he's doing through all this pandemic. Okay. 14 days to flatten the curve, right? Turn it off. You turn it right back on. That simple. Okay. You couldn't trust the information coming out of China. Are you going to trust the Chai Are you seriously going to trust the communist Chinese? No, absolutely not. So 14 days to flatten the curve. Okay, fine. So you turn it off. You turn it right back on. Oh, no, 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 no. When they figured out that they could get some power out of this. Oh, they love that too much. Now they're not going to let go of it. I don't agree with him delegating it back to the states, although, although it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. And you let each state deal with it. One size fits all does not work. Okay, that does not work. Believe me, it doesn't work. These European nations are doing this one size fits all garbage. And it's been an abject failure. The second thing, the second major thing. I mean, there's a lot of things in here, but the second major thing to key on with Trump, with all of this is that damn vaccine. That right there. And he thought he was doing the right thing. I'll give him that, right? He thought he was doing the right thing by taking the agenda away from Fauci and Gates and the Clintons because they were running wild with it in the beginning. And he thought, OK, I'll step in and we'll take this agenda away from them. But they were still the ones behind the scenes that were going to develop and and have the corrupt infrastructure in the bureaucracy authorize it. That was the problem. And so now all these things are going out and everybody's getting hit with this... Uh, uh, <laughs> quite frankly, this experimental whatever the hell this thing is. And it's killing people. Gates even said in the beginning, "Yeah, it's probably going to kill a whole bunch of people. um, But uh, yeah, we're um, we're going to have to do it. See, it's just normalizing it. It's just normalizing it. And so I I don't agree with this whole vaccine thing. And again, I'm not an anti vaxxer. I'm anti this vaccine because of what's been done with it and how it's being used. Again, you've got big pharma companies who are vaccine developers. Hell, Merck developed the the HPV vaccine, the, the Gardasil vaccine right? They were killing people in the trials here in Europe with that thing. So they could have gotten in on this vaccine thing for COVID and they said no. So yeah, I, I agree with you that there were problems uh, from the Trump side. I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly because as soon as I saw him come out in favor of the vaccine thing, I was like, oh God, no, that's just going to turn into this mess and, and people are going to get hurt and they're going to get killed and all the rest of it. And here we are. That's what's happened. So I, I, I was not on board with that from the start. Uh, when they said they were going to start cutting not. all that
1: red tape, I thought, "Oh God, this is just going to be this is going to be bad." It should not have been a vaccine. They should have gone for therapeutics. Uh, you know, they should yeah. have looked into things that would immediately have helped and to lessen the curve or whatever, flatten the curve. Uh, I mean, they they should have looked at hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir, um, you know, w- whatever else that they could use that has been shown to be an antiviral. Um, that we've used for years, we should have tested it on COVID nineteen. Well, no, Seen how good it worked. It was squashed.
0: Yeah, and all the yeah. people that and were that, uh, that yeah. were out there advocating for it were banned and shut up.
1: Yeah, so it, they should have never have gone for the vaccine. Uh, as far as the president's concerned, they should have in the beginning the fourteen days. They should have been like, look, we're gonna we're gonna do like masks and social distancing. I would have been fine with that in the beginning. We didn't know anything about it. You know, in the beginning, that would have given them time to kind of uh, sequence it figure out what's going on, what this is, and then shoot straight with the American people. Hey, look, you know, this uh, this medication works great on it. Uh, masks don't work. Continue to social distance. Go back to work if you're healthy, if you're, you know, if you're immunocompromised or older, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, all the stuff that we've known about flus, influenza type viruses for 100 years now, we should have stuck with all that information, all that science. We didn't. Instead, we we threw out all the science that we've accumulated over the years and tried something new, and destroyed our economy in the process. Uh, it just totally goes against human nature. Human nature doesn't like change, right? They don't. They don't like the the change from the norm. The norm was science in this case, what we've learned, and they. Uh, it just it doesn't make any sense. Other than there was other agendas afloat, there was something else going on, and. They didn't want us to, you know, kind of kind of. uh,
0: Well, cat was uh, out of the bag uh, on it Diversion. Yeah, the cat was out of the bag on it. I mean, as far as the actual uh, virus itself. okay, forget the end product. The research, the gain of function aspect of this virus was given to the Chinese lab by Fauci. That's that's public. I'm not talking about anything here that's not it's some conspiracy theory or whatever. That's public information. Anybody can go and look that up. You do have to connect uh, the dots a little bit, though,
1: because you yeah, have to look at a little bit, yeah, where where the gain of function started, and then it it went to a different university, and then from that university I went to Wuhan, and but we ended up giving grants from the NIH to build that um, Wuhan lab, and was it 2015 or 2016? But anyway, all that to say, in the very beginning of this, what was it, March or so? We were talking about um, there was a research paper that came out, one of the white papers. They had sequenced it and said, uh, "This looks like it's." made in a laboratory it doesn't look like it was naturally occurring
0: yeah that was the it Indian is, study is, in the very so- beginning that was banned mm-hmm. I mean they they, they pulled mm-hmm. that down really quickly and they're like this is not possible like you this is not something you would like the evolutionary process of this virus is not something that you would find in nature. It, it's just like the, the odds of it happening are are basically it's it's in, it's completely improbable. Wouldn't have been that way if you were to go back and you were to look at the virology journal. OK, and this is something that was pulled back in. Now, we pulled this from back in. Um, uh, from back in, uh, let me see, it was August 22nd, 2005. All right. August 22nd, 2005. Out of the Virology Journal, the official publication of the National Institute of Health, I might add, of which Fauci is a major head of, not the head, but he's the head of the Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Is that right? That, that's that's the one.
1: Yeah. 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 He's a, like a, yeah.
0: Yeah. Here is what was published in the Virology Journal, which is the, the official publication of the NIH of which Fauci is a major head of. Now you think, you think that he might know something about what I'm about to mention here. Okay. Again, August 22nd, 2005 is when this article was published. Chloroquine is a potent inhibitor of SARS coronavirus infection and spread. Okay. That was the heading of the article. That was the, that was the article title, right? We report that chloroquine, and mind you, that was banned and shown to be a conspiracy theory and it didn't work. Okay. Has strong antiviral effects on sars Cove infection of primate cells. These inhibitory effects are observed when the cells are treated with the drug either before or after exposure to the virus, suggesting both prophylactic and therapeutic advantage. Now, mind you, they had this drug a month or two before all this stuff hit, pulled off all the shelves in all the countries. It was pennies to make it, it was off patent. You could buy it over the counter in France. But a couple of a couple of months before all this started, they had the French government go and declare it as a uh, what was it like a, a dangerous poison or something?
1: Yeah, it was it basically it went from over the counter to you had to get it by prescription. Right, right, right. It turned into like a schedule too,
0: you know, kind of like a Oxycontin or something like that. So yeah, what is yeah. So what I just read there, what does that mean? That means Fauci has known for 15 years. OK, 15, well, 16 years now, 15 years that hydroxychloroquine, and chloroquine, okay, there's two different ones, will not only treat a current case of coronavirus as a therapeutic, but it'll prevent future cases being used as a preventative or a prophylactic. So hydroxychloroquine functions, and this was put in there, hydroxychloroquine functions as both a cure and or a vaccine. In other words, it's a drug that is effective against coronavirus, said the National Institute of Health in 2005. Listen to this. Concentrations of 10 parts per million completely abolished a SARS-CoV infection. Let me repeat that. Concentrations of 10 parts per million completely abolished SARS-CoV infections. They went on to add chloroquine can effectively reduce the establishment of infection and spread of
1: SARS-CoV. That's pretty clear to me. Yeah. I mean, that's the... Obviously, it's the first coronavirus or or excuse me, SARS, but... It is seventy some percent like uh, SARS-CoV-2 and SARS-CoV-1 are like seventy-three percent alike or something like that. I mean, they're very similar. Um, depending on how or what the med- medication targets. You know, determines how effective it would be against uh, this current SARS. But it, well, it stands to know, reason that it would. You would think that that research and that that article that was
0: published by the National Institute of Health out of Virology Journal. You would think that that would be a topic of
1: conversation somewhere, somewhere. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe trial it and see if it does work against SARS CoV two. I mean that. It kind of, that's where you start. That's a good starting point, right? Because we we already have data and information on SARS CoV 1. So why not use the similar thing on SARS CoV 2 since we already have a foundation? Well, how
0: many stories did we hear throughout this entire year of people that were down with COVID in the hospitals? They were away from the hospitals, were taken home, and they contacted their family physicians their family physicians put them on
1: hydroxychloroquine. And within 12 hours, they were out jogging around the block. I've had uh, local doctors around here tell some people that uh, in my circles, basically, a local doctor here is like, other doctors are fools if they're not medicating COVID patients with hydroxychloroquine, zinc. And there was another one. I I forget what the other one was. Azithromycin, probably. Uh, No, I don't think that was it. It might have been that. But there was, there was um, another one for uh, like a steroid or something, you know, to help open passages and whatnot. I forget which one that one was. But yeah, it's, a, it's like a three or four things that they give him, And he's like, if they're not doing this, and they're all things that we were told were bad, right? The steroid oh, you're was gonna, supposed to help with inflammation and whatnot. And it's just... Gonna...
0: You're going to love the latest one that I heard yesterday. Those people that have been diagnosed with COVID that are asymptomatic shouldn't work out. Why? They didn't give a reason. That was just the headline. I I didn't even it was so stupid. I didn't even bother to look at it because I I thought, okay, this has just gone beyond Looney Tunes. Part of maintaining a healthy lifestyle is exercise. All the gyms are closed. This is why they want you sick. They don't want you to be healthy. They don't want you to feel good. They don't want you to be in control of your own life. They want to run that for you. That's what it comes
1: down to. I mean, if you're, if you're asymptomatic, it shouldn't matter. Like asymptomatic is like, basically when you're asymptomatic, more or less, you're not contagious and you don't have it yourself. Asymptomatic is uh, basically the people they're saying are asymptomatic that have, that you, you've caught COVID-19. That's a false positive, more than likely. Majority of those are false positives, uh, the, unless you're like T-cell immune there's there's no asymptomatic in this basically your body to respond to it the response is the symptoms which indicates that you have an infection i i i don't, I don't so i don't really if 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 you're asymptomatic and there's no symptoms i, I don't know man it's just, well, it's we're, just we're, we're we're it's getting all rid of so much science it's, yeah
0: it's yeah. it's all confusion well i'll tell you what how about this Let, how's this for science okay this is this is fantastic because now this might be a um well, this, this might help you out. Experts. I'm doing the air quotes. Experts. Experts now say that Americans should wear three masks, not just two. Right. Fauci says wearing two is common sense. OK, which you don't know want. There's a new clip of Bill Gates out today. I'm going to play that here in a minute. But I want to I want you to hear how stupid this is in the first place. OK, the mere fact that you're wearing one is bad enough. Two is just insane. Three is you need to be committed to an insane asylum. All right. Citing researchers at Virginia Tech, CNBC. I remember seeing the screenshot of this. I thought it was photoshopped. No, no. This is a real thing. CNBC says that Americans should consider wearing three face masks in order to protect themselves against the spread of COVID-19. Three. They actually put a graphic up on screen. By the way, CNBC, for those that don't know, and I know it's available in other parts of the world, it comes as part of your basic cable packages. It's in hotels and uh, airports and all that stuff. CNBC is a financial network. It's a financial network. They have no business talking about health on a financial network. Unless, of course, the people that are running the finances are the ones that are trying to control your health. Huh. After Dr. Fauci asserted that wearing two face coverings instead of one would be more effective in stopping the virus, CNBC went even further. The experts keep telling, I'm quoting, the experts keep telling us that wearing masks is really about protecting others from ourselves in the event that we are contagious. But, you know, if the other people aren't wearing their masks or they're wearing them improperly, we need to protect ourselves. See, it's not about someone else. See, they tried to, again, think about the agenda here that's being played out here. Okay. Forget this virus stuff. It's about the agenda that's being pushed upon you. And upon society they tried to do it with an outside threat you didn't respond to it as a populist doesn't matter what country you're from they tried to do it with terrorism it didn't work so now they have to make you the terrorist you can kill somebody even though you don't know you're killing somebody see it turns everybody into a suspect it creates the snitch society by default they don't have to try to create it it develops on its own just by introducing the idea it's psychological it's psychological warfare That's what this is. This is why people are caught flat footed. They
1: don't know what they're looking at. It's also guilt tripping. This is something that really kind of bothers me as well. If science says that wearing a mask, if I wear a mask, it protects you. Well, then why wouldn't that same mask protect me? And if it does protect so well, why don't we wear a one mask the proper way and then the other mask reverse? Then you're protecting yourself and everybody else, right? Because that's That's the only difference between someone else wearing a mask and you wearing a mask is that it makes no sense. There is absolutely no scientific sense in this. The only thing it stops is your spit when you talk. That's it. It's not going to help against the virus.
0: Experts say you can double up with a tight weave fabric mask for added protection (laughs) while they were actually doing this on screen. So you have to see it, right? It's political theater. You have to see it. Have you seen that screenshot that I sent of the uh, it's like a 15-second clip of the guy at the Justice Department. He's standing off to the side and you can see him like gathering his notes and everything. And someone hands him a mask. He's not wearing one because it's it's a joke. Someone hands him a mask and he puts it on it's a constant shot. The camera's not supposed to see that angle. All you as the viewer you're supposed to see is the podium. That's it. So he goes, he puts the mask on. He walks over to the podium and he takes it off. See, it's all about optics. It's all about optics. They don't believe any of this stuff. But if you don't wear yours, yours yeah, if you don't wear yours, you're going to get you're going to get hauled off to a detention center because you can kill someone. You
1: see how this works? I mean, if it was so important, look at uh, Biden and his family when they were celebrating at uh, whatever memorial site it was, they were celebrating and not wearing masks after having uh, signed an executive order saying all federal, well, you're supposed to wear a mask on all federal land. Oh,
0: they, they don't and, have time for questions like that. They don't have time for questions like no. that.
1: Yeah. Well, no, the, the press secretary did actually address that. And she, her response was, well, they were celebrating. Uh, right. So it's okay right. for the elite to celebrate and not wear yeah. masks. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, yeah, it's fine. So they then turned around and cited the Virginia Tech researchers who found that doubling up on masks can increase efficacy by 50 to 75 percent and saying that a three layer mask could block up to 90 percent of particles. Basically, why don't you just strangle yourself and die? All right. That's what they're saying. That's
1: what they're telling you. So, So for people to understand this properly, a mask, the fabric, right? All the fibers in there, they mesh together and create. There, there's little holes still, right? A N95 has a 0.3 micron hole, right? That that's the larger size of the mm-hmm. holes. Okay, what they're saying here is it blocks 90 percent of. Okay, it blocks 90 percent of the 10 microns that a cloth mask will stop. So a cloth mask can only stop 10 microns. That's the smallest it'll go. That means. 90% of 10 microns or larger are being stopped. Nothing below 10 microns is being stopped. I mean, it might stop every once, you know, a, a few here and there because it gets stuck to the fiber, but it's still, it's a chain link fence. As, as you were saying, trying to trap a mosquito in a chain link fence, it doesn't work. So no matter how many chain links you're putting on top of there, there's still gaps in between each fiber. It's still going to get through.
0: Bruce, I I can't handle these conspiracy theories from you. I mean, the experts are on there talking about it. Right. And this just what you're saying here, what you're what you're parroting back to me just sounds like it sounds like something right out of the right wing media. That's what it sounds like. And to be honest with you, that's not the only conspiracy. There's another one floating around out there. And you're not going to believe what this conspiracy is. And we like to honestly, we we are the first people around here that will shoot down conspiracy theories. We're not a bunch of tinfoil hatwares. And if we become that, then, you know, we kind of satirically joke about, can we put our tinfoil hats on for a second? And then that's what we do, right? So that's when you as the listener know when we're talking about something that's not confirmed or anything like that, but we're just looking at obvious patterns and signs. But there's someone else that is, well, actually two people, two prominent people in all of this that have become the subject of conspiracy theories. And honestly, I mean, they, they could be completely uh, unjustified if you, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things. And I don't know if you've heard this. Bill Gates is a subject of a conspiracy theory, and and so is Dr. Anthony Fauci. They're subjects of – both of them are subjects of conspiracy theories, if you
1: can believe it. I, I can't I, – I cannot figure out why they would be part of a conspiracy theory. That's just – that's crazy to me.
0: Well, apparently, uh, I mean, we're not the ones sitting here saying that. I've got a clip here of uh, of Bill Gates himself uh, talking about that. And, uh, and let's go to that. Let's go to that, because I'm curious as to what he's got to say here.
2: The presence of social media plus a pandemic is a combination that's never been tried before. Uh, and, you know, nobody would have predicted that I and Dr. Fauci would be so prominent in, you know, really kind of evil theories about, you know, did we create the pandemic? Are we trying to profit from it? And on and on. Uh, And so, you know, I'm I'm very surprised by that. I hope it goes away. This percentage that's really misled by these conspiracy theories, it's unclear to me. There's millions of messages out there, you know, where my name or Dr. Fauci's name is used. But do people really believe that stuff? I'm you know, we're going to have to get educated about this over the next year and understand, you know, what how does it change people's behavior? How should we have minimized this, either, you know, working with the social media companies or explaining what we were up to in a better way? You know, from the foundation's point of view, the fact that he took that rescission of the global vaccine money, which... uh you know, super, super important. The fact he rejoined the WHO, the fact that he's appointed smart people, the fact that Dr. Fauci uh, will will not be uh, suppressed. Uh, and They'll take full advantage of Francis Collins and, and Dr. Fauci, who are wonderful people. Uh, you know, in terms of the epidemic, it sometimes felt like they were the only sane people in the U.S. government. I I don't well, think it um, well.
0: See see. I'm glad he came out and cleared all that up and got rid of all this uh, this unknowing aura around himself and and Fauci. He <laughs> says the conspiracies are are people that seem to think that somehow he's involved in the creation and the profit of, of all this. Well, let's just let's look at it like this. Let's look at who funded the lab and created and gave the gain of function research to the Chinese in the first place. Well, who was that? Is Gates's name on that? No, no, it's not in all fairness. It's not, not that we could find anyway. Now he could be involved somewhere behind the scenes. It's hard to say, possibly, don't know. Can't say it for a fact. But Fauci, Fauci's fingerprints are all over that thing. Gates, his involvement comes in with vaccines. He's the world's vaccine king for God's sake. That's what his foundation does the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That's what they do. So of course, he's going to profit from all this. Hell, we talked about his connections with Novavax, right? Nobody's talking about Novavax. Nobody. I've not heard anybody talking about that company at all and how he swooped in and saved it. And now they were the company that was going to develop the vaccine itself or create the research for the vaccine itself, not, not manufacturing. The companies were going to do that. Big pharma companies were going to do that. But Novavax was going to do the research. A company that has never made a single working vaccine in its entire existence. A company that was in dire straits about to be delisted from the stock market until Gates comes in. He came in with money from his foundation and who else? The World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab and company. You couldn't make it up. You couldn't make it up. Now, it's somehow According to him, as he just said, it's somehow a conspiracy theory to think that he's going to somehow profit
1: from all this. It's somehow a conspiracy theory. Well, right off the bat, when you listen to him, like when you're listening to him talk about that right off the bat, uh, you just triggered more conspiracy theories. You said a pandemic mixed with social media has never been tried. Tried a good point. the actual word. That's a very good uh-huh. point. That's a very good yeah, point. Wow. Well, that 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 would trigger some conspiracy theories there. Um and then uh the way you look at people and how they respond to your lack of transparency and saying we need to look at how to better manipulate them essentially is what he's saying. You know, we need to look at no, why educate. this upset Edu- them and educate. Yeah.
0: We yeah. need to better educate them. Well, In the coming better year. We need to, educate, yeah. yeah,
1: better educate yeah, people. And means So is what he means. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, of course there's conspiracies um, around this. Or how about the fact that you've been kicked out of countries in Africa for, um, oh, I don't know, uh, trying to use vaccines to control populations. I mean, uh, or the fact that you tried to bring in abortion facilities into Africa and they, they have a different standard of life than Americans, apparently. I thought uh, life was supposed to be sacred to, you know, Americans as well, but they kicked them out. Uh, because of that. Now they were able to get involved with a different organization that is making a malaria vaccine now. Uh, but I, you know, there's just so many sketch things around him. I, it's no surprise that, um, there's conspiracies circling around you because, uh, well, it looks like you have your hands in a lot of things.
0: I think the number of countries he's been kicked out of is over is officially over 20, I think. I'm trying to figure out why we're still housing him. Kick him out. Send him over to China. Let him go to Beijing. Let him go to his compatriots over there, right? They seem to love him. Anyway, so speaking of vaccines, UK... Uh, OK, the UK, a COVID vaccine factory receives a suspicious, suspicious package and the bomb squad got called. We're entering the age now of false flag terror attacks. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. See, COVID's falling apart. Now they need something else. So now it's going to turn into suspicious package. What what have we seen about suspicious packages and stuff showing up all over the place here in the last uh, couple of weeks? They've been all over, all over the place, haven't they? The Frankfurt airport had to be evacuated a couple of days ago, or actually a couple of weeks ago, because someone showed up threw a package inside of a doorway and drove off. Because the doors are right there next to the check-in counter. And you can get out of your car and throw something through the door. Believe me, I've flown out of that airport more times than I can count. So you can literally pull up to the door. You go through two glass doors and there's a check-in counter. It's it's literally right there. So you can open your car door up, step out into the vestibule, and throw the package in, get back in your car, and you're gone by the, by the time anybody figures out what's going on. So they thought that was a bomb threat. Someone tried to drive a car into Merkel's office <laughs> which, which was really a, a poor poor attempt at a, at, a, at a terror attack because the people that reported that the car that had crashed in was the same car they used to try and drive into the Chancellor's office back in 2014 they didn't even bother to change the paint on it <laughs> they didn't even bother to change the spray paint on the side of it still had the same message on it it was funny as hell so they're trying to provoke a response out of the population because it'll give them exactly what they need. And as I said before, this is going to have to be done peacefully. It's going to have to be done peacefully because they can't fight back against that. They can try, but they'll lose every time. Every time they try to come back at that, they'll lose. They're losing now. That's why they're doing all of this. They, they've pretty much, well, they're, they're more or less. They've lost, but now it's just a war of attrition to see who can hang on longer. North Wales police have confirmed an explosive ordinance disposal unit. You know, I love how the English always do like these official words and everything. It's like, okay, I understand there's cultural differences when it comes to law enforcement and stuff, but Americans, you can call us cowboys, but we go in there, we get stuff done, and then we leave. Okay, we don't have big fancy names. We don't have. Uh, all that stuff. We go in there, guns blazing, we get it done and we go home for coffee. Okay. But <laughs> the UK, they always have like these big fancy names and everything. And, and the funny thing is, is none of the cops there have guns, right? No disrespect. Cause I know a lot of UK cops, it, but yeah, none, none of them have guns. That's what's funny about it. So they give them these big authoritarian official titles that they have, as opposed to actually giving them a gun to let them do work, you know, and keep, uh, keep the criminals actually in line, uh, but the unit was called to the Rexham Industrial Estate, which is home to the uh, Walkhart Factory. Which is uh, let me see uh, the facility was evacuated by lunchtime. In a statement by the North Wales Police, they said, "We're currently dealing with an ongoing incident in the Rexham Industrial Estate. Roads are closed. We would ask the public to avoid the area until further notice." Police were called to deal with a, with a suspicious package. A Downing Street su- uh, spokesman said that they were being kept up to date on the incident. I'll bet they were. I'll bet they are,
1: were. Are we being kept up to date on the incident? Uh, have no, we been, No. You know, yeah, there's not been any follow ups on the, the the bombs that supposedly have appeared and uh, never went off, by the way, which is good. I'm, I'm glad the bombs didn't go off, but we are not hearing that they were officially bombs. We're just hearing oh, all suspicious package. Well, yeah, it could, be a, it could have been a duffel bag with freaking newspaper in it, for all we know. It's, pre-
0: it's a pretty good analogy. <laughs> it probably was, actually. It's just it's the fear element, though, isn't it? That's what they need. So a bomb shows up somewhere, or excuse me, a, a suspicious package shows up, or uh, a briefcase or, or a backpack or something shows up somewhere, or a suitcase shows up somewhere. So they Brad immediately... Voice. Yeah, they just show you that the bomb squad unit was called in, right? That's what they show you. And then they say, oh, it's just out of precaution. It's just routine, right? It's just routine. Mm -hmm. We do this with everything. The industrial estate is home to the Wachard factory, which is responsible for the production of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Interesting, because what happened in India last week,
1: the AstraZeneca
0: factory there went up in flames, didn't it? World's largest.
1: Yeah. And it, it also just so happens that AstraZeneca is also being sued by their uh, by a pension fund. Are they really? Yeah. On behalf of investors who say it suffered losses because of flaws in the company's testing of its coronavirus vaccine. Funny. Now, see, they have to make themselves look like a victim, don't they? See, a public lawsuit like
0: that comes out. That's going to look really, really bad on the company. It's going to get rid of public trust which tomorrow we're going to talk about public trust. That's going to be fun. That's going to be really fun. World Economic Forum's come out. We've got their new video here. We're going to be playing uh, talking about restoring trust. You're going to love it. Uh, but yeah, the um, the thing about uh, AstraZeneca, if they're involved in that lawsuit, then they need something to take the heat off of them. So they need to flip the agenda around. And that's what they've done here, it looks like. That's funny. That's funny.
1: When was that lawsuit filed? That was filed uh,
0: Tuesday. So Tuesday. Tuesday. Yesterday. Okay. Yesterday. So- the factory goes up in flames in India. Lawsuit gets filed. That starts to go public. Now they're the victim in the UK.
1: That's funny. They're alleging wrongful acts and omissions by the company and the chief officers. So basically, what they're saying is, is the information that was released uh, was inaccurate. the The information for fifty five and older wasn't accurate. There was nothing there essentially. And they were also saying that the if you got the first stab, it was ninety percent effective, but the second was only 62% effective. So, in in other words, they skewed the data.
0: Say it isn't so. All right, we're out of time, so we're going to have to go. Normally, I would plug our social medias, but uh, obviously, we were banned from uh, social media due to, um, you know, it's, uh, well, things beyond our control. Uh, And we weren't the only ones. Hundreds of millions of other people got banned as well. So we're not going to be able to do that. However, we would highly recommend you to join Telegram, join our channel over there. We're mirroring our podcasts from the normal platforms over onto our Telegram channel. We know that podcasting is going to be coming under attack here pretty soon. So if you haven't, join Telegram to keep in touch with other people, join other news feeds and get connected in discussion groups and things like that. If you haven't done that, I would highly recommend you do so as soon as possible because they're talking about taking the app off of the App Store and off of the Google Play Store. So get over to Telegram, get registered, get signed up to our channel, search for us, just search for Dynamic Independence. We'll pop right up our public channel and you'll get all of our podcasts and an exclusive podcast we're doing every week. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com and... We're also we're looking to speak with small business owners in the UK. So if you are a small business owner in the UK and you're going to be part of this great reopening that's going to be taking place here in a few days, we would love to have you on our podcast. You will get to use our platform, speak to our audience, and you'll be able to tell us about your experiences through all of this and what your plans are going to be going forward and what you'd like to see happen. We would welcome your input. We would welcome your opinions, your viewpoints. And even if it's not what we agree with, we do respect all people's viewpoints, good or bad and we will make sure that you feel really comfortable here and right at home. So uh, if you could reach out to us, that would be a plus. However you listen to us, we would humbly ask you to recommend us to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud for the time being. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks for being here, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners, and we'll see everyone tomorrow.